0: Show me the crypto. Show me the crypto. Show me the crypto.
1: In a world on the brink of disruption, two men will bring you clarity by interviewing some of the most intelligent and influential names in the blockchain world. Welcome to Show Me The Crypto with your hosts, wade patterson and Ulf lonegren
0: well hi there and welcome to show me the crypto my name is wade patterson and i'm alf lonegren we're a couple of friends from canada who love learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and we're happy you're along for the ride whether you're a crypto virgin or you know your way around the block we hope our interviews with some of the most intelligent and influential people in the blockchain space Help deliver you with value. And on this episode, we're joined by Pratesh of Kaizen Crypto. Pratesh has always had a passion for technology. An entrepreneur since the age of 18, after graduating high school, Pratesh started an eBay business as well as a tech support consulting business where he taught retirees how to use their iPhones. Fast forward a few years, and Protesh's focus has shifted to blockchain technology. And today he is an operator of three stake pools and one of the most informed voices on all things Cardano. Pratesh, welcome to Show Me The Crypto. Hey, guys, it's awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. And so my understanding is you've been in the crypto space for about four years. What specifically drew you into the space?
2: Well, I mean, as far as what got me interested to start, I've always been looking for trends. Um, you know, as far as the, some of the businesses that I started with first, uh, social media marketing, I was always into finding out what was new, what was hot. Uh, blockchain kind of piqued my interest because I had a few friends kind of talking about it during the early days. I would say when Bitcoin, back in 2013, 14, Bitcoin was like um, almost like a novelty. You would see people on Silk Road, right, trying to buy some illicit items. Uh, so it was back in those days where I first heard about it but I never really put two and two together thinking that blockchain would be this kind of revolutionary new thing. Uh, and being an entrepreneur, I'm always on the lookout for stuff like that. So as time went on, I continued to learn and research more and really kind of understand what is the technology that's being built here with blockchain and cryptocurrency. Um, I would say around about 2017 is when I first got started. And from there, it's just been constantly learning. It's just been a huge level of uh, growth that I've had to go through, you know, just seeing all the different obstacles that I've had to endure just being in cryptocurrency, because it's still relatively new. I think that everybody who's in the space now, it's like we're early adopters. So having to go through it and just learning it step by step, uh, it's just been a really fun experience.
1: Uh, It's funny that you say we're early adopters, because I think there's this common... Maybe misconception that a lot of people new to crypto feel that they're late to the game. Like this is some long standing technology and that, you know, coming in now, it's like they may have missed the boat. But no, we're still so early on. And I think it's important to uh, to remind that to people that actually we've got a long way to go still. And we are early adopters. Um, So. One of the things I wanted to ask you, I see you've got a Cardano poster on your wall back there. You got two actually. Yeah, big uh, fan, big fan. (laughs) And anybody who knows your channel, uh, you know, you really are, um, you cover all bases of Cardano. Uh, I'd call you a Cardano expert in my eyes. And I'm just curious, um, why did it get so much of your
2: attention? Why Cardano over any other crypto project? Sure, sure. I love that question. Uh, There's so many cryptocurrency projects out there. And to see Cardano back when I did, what really kind of drew me into it was the process in which they were taking to build it. Um, Because what we had seen with Ethereum at the time, uh, of course, we're not necessarily talking about Ethereum here in this video, but just to kind of compare it. um, You know, what I saw was that they had gone through the process of building a blockchain, but there were still so many issues with it and i was looking for different projects that might have some viable uh, solution to the problems that we were seeing there so just looking online and trying to find out what's the best thing to get into because for me as an investor and as an enthusiast uh, i like to follow a project and stick with it for a while so i saw the original charles hoskinson whiteboard video um so this iconic youtube video i think it's got over half a million views now by this point uh, I saw that video and I was just mind blown. I was like, Oh my gosh, like he explained it so well in just plain English. And I feel like the rigor that they were putting in behind the project to solve some of the problems is what really kind of piqued my interest. Um, and back then, a lot of people, I think they were skeptical of the process that they were taking saying that this whole peer reviewed process, it's going to take way too long by the time they finish a product. You know, you're going to see the market go through a cycle or two, you know, it's going to be too much or too little too late. And I'm so glad that I stuck it out because I think that now people realize that, hey, you know what, ETH2, you know, that's that's in the process. You know, we don't know for sure when exactly we'll see that come to fruition. They They've acknowledged the problems that we're seeing right now with Ethereum and they're trying to address those. But I think that what Cardano is doing, it's not necessarily trying to compete with Ethereum, so to speak. I think it's really trying to run in a race on its own. I mean, it's just on a whole new level. Um, so yeah, that's really what kind of piqued my interest with Cardano, just trying to see like the processes that these people were taking, uh, seeing that it's based on peer-reviewed science. Um, there's so much academia that's coming from that space. I think now they're up to hundred academic research papers. Um, so yeah, just the way that they were going throughout the process of building it. Um, and still, I feel like we haven't even seen full Cardano capabilities yet. We're still waiting on a full Gogan release, you know, once smart contracts happen and we start to see the full capabilities for Cardano, I think that's when it really starts to get exciting. Yeah. You mentioned
1: something, uh, in there about like ETH and how, uh, eth has a number of challenges but it's something that has been known for a long time but i feel like we're at this point as of recording time that the the like eth holders and eth users people who are in that ecosystem are really experiencing serious challenges right now um, that they weren't even just not so long ago, primarily with gas fees being what they are. It's priced a lot of people out from the market. And the thing is, when we talk about for Ethereum, it's one of the blockchains that exists today that has real use cases it's, it actually has a lot of real working functions DeFi, primarily being where the majority of that lives yet uh or even nfts today which are taking off there's a lot of real world use cases there but it's almost like well we can't really use them like un- unless you're a high roller uh you know you're a whale and you've you've got the the funds to support it it's just not realistic and and at the same time with cardano even though they're still early on and they still have a lot of releasing of features and functions to come out in the in all of 2021 and and beyond it's like people want it so bad i i feel like i was talking with wade here earlier today about you can see that even just in the speculation of price alone. Uh, how you know we're we're currently, for those listening, we're currently experiencing a dip in all of crypto that's been happening for the last week or so. Yet Cardano's one of the few coins that is pumping to all-time highs and beyond. Yeah. And and I mean, we can talk about price is one thing, it doesn't really have to do a lot with functions and, and whatnot. It's speculative. However, i think that it does show sentiment and the fact that people are buying it up holding it even though it doesn't quite have um all the capabilities that we want it to just yet it has such a strong belief and as you said you're interested in in it and their uh, approach to building cardano it must resonate with a large audience and a continually growing audience because of just that what you can see in the community, what you can see reflected in the price. Um, it's now, I mean, it's the third largest coin. So it's just, it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe you can just elaborate a little bit
2: more on on your thoughts. Yeah, I know yeah, you definitely touched on a few awesome points there. And I've definitely seen huge growth in the community just from being early. And then just as we see the developments happening before, when I've been mean, back in 2017, 2018, the big question was when Shelley. When Shelley, I think that everybody was kind of uh, ready for staking on uh, Cardano. And now we see Shelley, we see this really vibrant community just uh, evolving because of that. We've got so many amazing stake pool operators. I know myself personally, You know, we're really grateful for all of our delegators who've actually come in and reached out to us asking for help. Um, it's so cool because it's, it's really like the people that are involved in this project that are really seeing it come through. Um, I think that's really what's... And it's not even the price, really. I don't think that people are looking at the price so much as it is the innovation behind it. Because people see that it's a blockchain that's going to be here for the next decades, like 10, 20, 30 years. So I think people see that and they realize that the technology is built correctly. Um, and people being able to get around that, the idea, you know, Charles Hoskinson being the visionary that he is, Uh, sharing his ideas and his beliefs for how he wants to take blockchain and use that as the solution for places like Africa and being able to bank the unbanked. Um, It's a really incredible thing to see because now, I mean, the functionalities that they're building, it's like, it's a methodical process, but I feel like it's just been lately uh, back to back, update after update after update. And I think that's really getting the community excited about it. And we're seeing that reflected in the price now. Yep, Uh, Number three, And market cap. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Pratesh, you mentioned a couple different names there and for the benefit. So I guess taking a step back, one of the trajectories of our show is to really help out those brand new to crypto and just be an unintimidating space of information and that kind of thing. And so you've mentioned Gogan earlier in the conversation. You mentioned Shelley. Do you mind explaining what these mysterious names mean to maybe somebody who has no idea? And I know that's a deep question because that is like literally the full timeline of what Cardano has planned, but just the, the best you can articulate what each of those names meant and where we're going in the future sure so what they've
2: done it's really cool actually they've uh they've named the phases of the process after these prominent figures in history uh, that have contributed to computer science and the arts uh, mathematics all that kind of stuff it's really cool um so shelley was that first phase in the roadmap where they were actually going to transition from a federated state where the blocks on the blockchain were produced by the parent companies, which we have now are IOG, there's uh, Emergo, and there's the Cardano Foundation. So what happened with Shelley was the blockchain transitioned from this federated state to a decentralized and distributed state. Um, So that's where we start to see the functionality of staking and being able to earn rewards on your ADA by delegating to a pool. Uh, so that was kind of like that first step. Um, it definitely took quite a bit of time just because of the amount of research and the methodical process that they went through. But now we see that. And the next step that we're anticipating is Gogan. Uh, so Gogan is going to be the phase of the process that brings about smart contract functionality. And what they've done with that even is they've broken it down into more steps. So they're really going through this process very methodically. Um, Gogan is going to bring about full smart contract capabilities. They've got some domain-specific languages which will be used to write applications. Uh, So there's Plutus and Marlowe. So if you're a developer, if you want to get interested, if you want to get started, if you're interested, uh, definitely be sure to check out Plutus and Marlowe. There's some free courses on Udemy where you can get started. Um, There's also something for the Solidity developers out there called the KEVM. So a lot of technical terms here, uh, but just to kind of go high level with it. They're really trying to create all the tooling necessary so that any type of developer with any background can start to build these applications. Um, So really exciting. Uh, Gogan is going to be that big milestone where we see that smart contract capability. Um, Other aspects in the roadmap. So we have Voltaire, which is governance. They have something called Project Catalyst. Uh, It's the largest decentralized voting uh, organization in the world. So you hear it referred to as a DAO. Uh, so it's the largest DAO in the world right now. I think they've got over a uh, million dollars in this next funding round for people who want to build on Cardano. So they've got a full fledged treasury system. Uh, it's super cool to see all the developments. And then after that, uh, there's uh, Basho. Basho is kind of like the scaling aspect of the blockchain. So once you have a blockchain that's running all these applications, right? you got to have a way to be able to handle the throughput. So that's what they're trying to do with Basho. It's a, it's a scaling uh, aspect of the blockchain. Um, so yeah, what they've done, basically, they just created a whole bunch of cool names and they've broken down their roadmap into these steps and they're going through the process. So right now we're anticipating Gogan. Uh, and then after that, you know, we're just going to be able to continue to grow and build. And then since they've got this treasury system, people in the community now are really going to be responsible for the innovation that's built on the blockchain. Nice. Thanks for taking us through that. There's like, as Wade
1: said, there's a lot to unpack there. Oh yeah. Uh, and you did a great job. So thank you <laughs> at a high level. Um, Charles Hoskinson uh, has announced the Mary hard fork is going to take place here. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means?
2: Sure. So what they have is a technology. It's called a hard fork combinator. So when you think about a hard fork, right? It's it's almost got kind of like a negative connotation. From what we've seen in the past you know, with Bitcoin, there was a hard fork from Bitcoin taking us from Bitcoin uh, and then we see Bitcoin Cash or another one would be the DAO hack we saw with Ethereum. We have Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. So typically when you hear the the term hard fork, it's got somewhat of a negative connotation. But what they have here with Cardano is something called a hard fork combinator. What this does is it allows the network to upgrade itself. uh, So you see functionality building on top of the chain while still keeping all the blocks that happened previously, making them still valid. Um, so it's really, I wouldn't even consider it a hard fork in Mm -hmm. a sense. It's almost just like a network upgrade. So everything runs smoothly. Um, but the Mary hard fork combinator, what that'll do, it's going to bring native assets to Cardano. So, and it's just going to be part of that step towards a full Gogan release. It's just one of the phases in that process. And with that functionality, let's say you or I want to mint a token, right? Show me the crypto coin, (laughs) right? Let's have something like that. You know, We can have our own native token on the Cardano blockchain. And what's really cool about it, since it is native, if you were to compare it to something like Ethereum, you've got so many ERC20 tokens. That's the token standard for Ethereum. In order to issue something like that, you would have to have it uh, within a smart contract. So you have that smart contract that's utilizing that Ethereum token. And the difference with a native token, say on Cardano, is that there is no smart contract necessary to admit to your own token. So really cool. The functionality is great. And it's going to be treated like a first-class citizen. So all the benefits that you would see uh, by holding ADA, you would also have that available for these native tokens. Um, So that's the next step. That's the Mary for tentatively March 1st. I think we're go for March 1st. That's awesome. I've heard uh, Charles refer
1: to these native tokens as, you know, treating them as first class citizens as well. But I'll be honest, I don't fully understand what exactly that means. What does it mean to be a first class citizen token versus that ERC 20 where you're a smart contract? What are are the real differences there?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I guess if you wanted to think about it as simple as possible, so you and I, we have a, I don't know, we want to send a token on Ethereum and it's a chain link, right? I I want to send you some chain link. Well, if I send you that chain link, I have to pay a gas fee and that gas fee, it's not paid in chain link. It's paid in Ethereum. Right. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest differences there, Mm -hmm. as opposed to with Cardano, something that's really cool with the native token, I can pay that fee for sending a Kaizen token in kaizen tokens so Mm -hmm. so that's something that's really cool about it you know there's no smart contract that necessarily uh, restricts you uh, with native tokens Uh, and then also as far as some of the other functionality so let's say for instance you have a token that you're trying to build a governance structure around like let's say you want to have the holders of the token be able to vote on certain things that you know are going to take your roadmap forward as a project Um, So with native tokens, you can use the same model that ADA has with their treasury and you can implement that to your own native token. So you have all the features and benefits that you would see with ADA. You can use that also for your native token.
0: This might be a silly question. I don't know, but that's okay. I'll ask it anyways. Uh, NFTs, I mean, are getting a lot of hype right now and just seems like on crypto Twitter, that's what the majority of people are talking about these days. Is that so? That will be possible with some of these upgrades that are happening, and and what will the difference be like for someone who wants to mint an NFT on Cardano versus Ethereum?
2: Yeah, um, as you guys can see, big fan of artwork, so <laughs> so the NFTs, I'm just so pumped for those. Uh, I love NFTs. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to issue your own non fungible tokens on Cardano. There's a couple marketplaces that we're seeing already, uh, show up. And then also with the governance and voting, people are already starting to build, um, certain infrastructure so that you have like architecture. That if you wanted to build, uh, NFTs, you can pretty much go through the process almost like a copy and paste kind of thing. So really cool. Um, and as far as the differences with Ethereum, you know, touching on some of the differences there, it's like when you go and mint a token, you can do that on Ethereum using their token standard. But then if you were to go and try and send that NFT to your wallet, you're paying a pretty hefty premium there as far as the gas fees, just because of what we're seeing with uh, ETH and the scaling issues that they're facing. Um, as opposed to Cardano, you know, the transactions are going to be relatively inexpensive. Of course, right now with the price of ADA going up, you know, it's going to get a little bit more costly, but uh, still nothing compared to Ethereum. Um, And yeah, you know, native tokens, we'll be able to see that you can store the tokens directly within your wallet. Um, So Daedalus is the native wallet for Cardano. Uh, You've also got your So two really user-friendly wallets. Daedalus is a full client, so it has the entire copy of the blockchain and your is a web extension. It's a light client. Uh, either one of those wallets, you know, if you have an NFT, if you have a native token, you'll be able to see those in your wallet. Um, and then you'll be able to also transact with them as well. So it's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, especially the artwork. You know, there's so many creative people in the space and NFTs are really starting to take off. So I think that it's gonna be a huge market for Cardano.
1: You mentioned earlier about um, I believe this is a part of the Gogan rollout. Or maybe it's just in regards to the, the languages used to to code smart contracts, but Plutus and Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Um if I understand right, Plutus is kind of like the full on, you know, language that you can develop to your heart's desire. And Marlowe is Kind of like a, a simplified version that even utilizes, if I understand it right, uh, maybe user interface elements to allow anyone who you don't have to be a developer, you could be a business owner who wants to build a prototype of some sort of application on Cardano. And you can use Marlowe to simply drag and drop and utilize different pre-built elements uh, to create your own application. Is that is my understanding right?
2: Is that kind of the difference there? Yeah. No, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's going to be awesome. So with Marlowe, uh, it's a domain-specific language. And exactly right, You know, you're going to have a graphical user interface, so it's called Blockly, essentially little snippets of code that's already predetermined. And just bits of logic where you can drag and drop to create your own financial smart contract. Um, Really excited about that. They've got a simulator so you can go and try it out. Um, And then, you know, as far as Plutus, that's going to be exactly like you said, you know, it's going to give you that full smart contract functionality. Um, So people will be able to write their dApps with Plutus. Both of these languages are domain specific languages written in Haskell. Um, so that's one thing that's also really cool about what they did was they really thought about what type of languages that they're going to build this blockchain with, um, Haskell has been around for a while. I think I saw it's been around since the eighties and, um, you know, the, the type of rigor that they're putting in behind this, it's like the applications are meant to be fail safe, like bulletproof. Um, so the type of rigor you would see that would be used to build a jet engine or perform, um, heart surgery or something like that. So, you know, really mission critical. Uh, applications that we're talking about here. So yeah,
0: really cool. You hit the nail right on the head there, man. Ulf, do you realize that our audience has either been watching or listening to this episode for 20 minutes? 20 minutes? They should probably subscribe. Yeah, they should subscribe and they should like and comment and hit that notifications bell. Oh, and did you tell them about the NFTs? That's right. We have our own NFT for our OG supporters. This is a way you can support our show, help us bring you continual great content. Information on that is below.
1: So in regards to Gogan, which is uh, coming up here, I think there's a lot of excitement and hype for it. I get that, that at a high level, it means smart contracts on Cardano, which is huge, right? I mean, that is now a, basically a functioning Cardano. People can build stuff on it. Stuff's going to be released, new projects coming out. So that is all really exciting. Are there any sort of key differences? Is all most people these days in crypto have been around for a little while. They understand smart contracts basically based on how they work with Ethereum. Will they work any different? Are there different capabilities with the smart contracts that will be a part of Cardano?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm looking forward to it. To be totally honest with you, I'm not entirely sure as as to the functionality and if it's going to be any different from what we see with Ethereum. I would say maybe, and this is just a speculation because we don't yet see smart contracts, but I think... One of the main differences would be like how we were mentioning earlier with the native tokens, you can pay the fee for a transaction in that native token. Mm. Uh, so once they have that functionality, if there is a smart contracts that's using that token, um, so that's that's probably one thing that I would see is maybe one of the biggest differences. Um, interesting question, very interesting question. And you know, to be totally honest with you, I'm waiting for that myself. Yeah, you know, we just don't see that functionality yet. Um, but we'll be interesting to see like, what are some of the differences there? Because I think that a lot of people are looking at with Ethereum what we're seeing now. And if Cardano can actually pull this off and, you know, make a go for it, will Cardano kind of be able to step in and grab some of that market share? Like, will we see some dApps migrate over from Ethereum over to Cardano? I mean, that's, that's an interesting speculation there as well. So yeah, yeah. no, that's
1: a good question. Well, and, and to your point there. Um there's an ERC-20 converter that's been uh, announced showed off a little. Can you uh, tell our audience
2: what you know about that? Sure. So that's something that's really cool too. I mean, let's say they've actually even got partners. Uh, they've, they're talking with SingularityNet. Um, ben Gortzel, he is the CEO of SingularityNet. Currently, they're running on Ethereum and that is a great option for them to be able to come over and migrate their agi token onto cardano they had mentioned also that they're looking into that and it would be called the agi ada token um so erc20 converter basically it would take whatever you would have on ethereum as far as the functionality for your token you can migrate that over i think they have a really cool process to do that they even got some type of graphical user interface mm-hmm. where you can simply take your token and then just migrate that over onto the Cardano blockchain um, and then of course you've got other tools like command line interface you've got a whole bunch of more technical tools for people who want to go more in detail and more in depth with the functionality for it but yeah an erc20 token converter you know that's another thing that as far as taking some of that market share from Ethereum, it's like, unless your coin is used in a smart contract, that's like doing billions and billions of dollars. You know, it's one thing I'm curious to see are the Uniswaps out there or the, the maker DAOs out there. Like what, what is the potential that they were to transfer over to Cardano? See, cause they've already got billions of dollars that are kind of locked in their protocol. So I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, is it, Is it better to keep their protocol currently running on the ethereum or is it worth taking that risk and migrating over to cardano so i feel like with the erc20 converter i I think we'll start to see a lot of smaller tokens kind of migrate over first Mm -hmm. uh smaller being like lower market cap you know maybe there's less um i guess dollars in that system but yeah it'll be very curious to see because i think that once we start to have that trickle effect where we slowly, slowly start to see these tokens converting, you know, maybe that could turn into more of a floodgate kind of opening, right? Seeing a whole bunch of Ethereum tokens moving over to Cardano. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, I I mean, we've had a few different people on the show who are really focused on, on Ethereum and that kind of thing. And like, it seems like there's, I don't know if you call it healthy competition or bashing of projects and that kind of thing, but that seems to be one of the... The criticisms of Cardano, perhaps, is that um, just in terms of not criticism necessarily, but the fact that ETH has such a first mover advantage and all of that kind of thing. But I think that's a good point you just brought up about the fact that if it won't happen all at once, it's not like these things will be available and everyone moves over. But if you start to see some success with that trickle effect, then then definitely there could be a change. I want to go back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier with um with staking, and so you operate three stake pools, Kaizen, Kirshna, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, and Chrono uh what is like what does that mean for somebody like really basic like what does it mean to be a stake pool operator? How does that work? Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. So staking is what's going to be the consensus protocol behind cardano. so it's like with Bitcoin, you've got proof of work, so you've got these miners that are online they're minting blocks, they're able to validate the transactions happening on the network. And as a reward for doing so, there's an incentive for them to do that and act in the correct um, consensus of the protocol, they're paid out in Bitcoin. So staking and operating a stake pool, it's a very similar concept to that in that stake pool operators are online 24 seven. We're running the protocol for the network to validate transactions and mint blocks. Uh, and in doing so, we're rewarded for doing that by being paid in ADA. Now, people that have ADA, they're able to delegate their rights to stake to a pool. So as far as being able to you know run a stake pool and whatnot, you have to have the hardware, you know like a lot of technical proficiency there. Um, that's not to say that anybody couldn't do it because with the right amount of education and learning, I think that anybody could run, a Cardano stake pool. Um, But for those who don't have the desire to, or maybe they just aren't in the correct location to do that, uh, maybe it's just not feasible, they can delegate that right to a stake pool operator. And in doing so, they're still able to earn those passive rewards. Um, So really, all it does is it really just helps to decentralize the Cardano network. It creates an incentive for holding ADA because you can earn passive rewards, um, and it's just helping to uh, maintain consensus for the protocol. So why do you
0: have three? Like, what are the differences
2: between each of those? Sure. So with Cardano, when we first started, so we had the original Kaizen stake pool. And then what we saw gradually happening over time was they reduced a parameter called the K. Or I'm sorry, they they increased K. So K started at 150. And then we had K move to 500. And just to go high level with it, so K is a parameter on the network that I guess shows the desired number of stake pools. So 500 desired stake pools is where we're at currently. Mm -hmm. And soon we're going to see that change even more to 1,000. So they're gradually increasing this parameter. And what's happened as a result of that is that the saturation level for these pools has gradually gone down. Before we saw it when K was at 150, the saturation for a pool was at 210 million ADA. And what saturation means is essentially how much ADA can be Delegated to a stake pool, like the maximum amount, and what it does is it just helps to encourage decentralization. So you don't have a large actor uh, that's, you know, got a pool and they've controlled so much stake that it becomes almost like a, you know, they could potentially pull off a 51% attack. Um, so with that, the k parameter is just a a parameter to promote decentralization. So with the multiple pools, we have all of them running with. The same metrics, like the same margin, the same fees, all that kind of stuff. But what we've had to do was have to create multiple pools in order to accommodate our delegators. Um, It was pretty amazing to see, guys. I mean, when I first started the stake pool, I had no idea it would take off the way it did. Mm. Um, And so it's really humbling to actually get to that point. But yeah, with our pools, uh, so we've got Kaizen, Krishna, uh, Kronos, and then we've also got fourth in the making. So that's Kobe, and that's going to be putting us at that point where we're able to accommodate all of our delegators. Um, and then with that, also with Krishna, we're running that stake pool for charity. So operator rewards. So my personal income from that stake pool go towards helping people in India, as opposed to, you know, any other thing that I could be doing with the money, I figured why not give back? You know, oh, we, we've awesome. managed to get to this point. It's like, I really would like to see Cardano maybe um, help people in need or, you know, with, in India, there's a thing going on with cryptocurrency and the government trying to ban it. So maybe just helping to increase awareness of the technology and help to educate people. So that's what we're trying to do there. And so far, it's just been a great experience.
1: From an earning standpoint. So staking as a concept is fairly straightforward. You can delegate your ADA to a stake pool and you earn interest on it. It's pretty simple. Um, What about as a stake pool operator? Like what is the added benefit to having that technical aptitude to putting in the time, energy, investment and, you know, getting set up and running a stake pool? Do you just earn more? Can you go into a little bit of detail there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely proportional to the amount of stake you're able to attract. And you had touched on a great point because it is a lot of work, you know, as far as building the pool, as far as attracting the delegators, it's almost like running a business, you know, you have marketing to your restaurant, Uh, you know, you're trying to get customers in to come in and enjoy your food. It's kind of a similar thing that's uh, with the steak pool. So there is a lot of work involved other than just, you know, running the pool and making sure that it's operational. Uh, but I guess the added benefit for stake pool operators is that you get to contribute to the network. Um, and then also you do get the compensation for it. So like for me, because we're able to, you know, attract enough stake, the pools are relatively profitable. It's able to help me create a business for myself and financial freedom, which is really cool. It's like every entrepreneur's goal is to kind of create that for themselves and their families. So that's, you know, very fortunate to even say that, but yeah, you know, it's, It's a lot of work, but then it all comes down to how much stake you're able to attract to your pools. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, with the K parameter changing to 1000, they're talking about end of March. What that's going to do, it's going to encourage more people to create stake pools because the limit for a stake pool will be 32 million. We started at 210 million and that got knocked all the way down to 32. So, you know, being able to fill up that stake pool, it's going to get that much easier and I think that we'll see more stake pools as a result of that so there is definitely the added benefit there there's a the compensation aspect involved but then also just being able to contribute for for someone
1: who is thinking oh maybe I could be a stake pool operator uh, but let's say they knew nothing they had to go educate themselves learn how to do it all um you know would you would it be something you recommend and let's say we had a couple reasons why what if it was purely for Business reasons and because they love Cardano, they love Cardano. But you also want to come out of this making money. Would it yep. be worthwhile? Check. Check.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know that's that's something that it's it's going to come down to the individual. You know, you you're a business owner. You love Cardano. You got the drive. I would say it's definitely worth a shot. And the technical aspects of it now, it's really cool. The Cardano Foundation, one of the parent companies for Cardano they've created something called the stake pool school. So you can get enrolled in this, which is where I would start. Um, it's pretty much a high level. It's going to go into what a stake pool is, how to run a stake pool, um, pretty much give you an understanding of what it is you're getting into. Um, and that's where I would start with the technicals. Uh, also, it is definitely recommended you have some familiarity with Linux, uh, you know, just some basic syntaxes, and then also just some networking skills like a uh, DevOps, um, being able to forward a port, manage firewalls, all that kind of stuff. So a little bit of technical stuff you would definitely want to start working on and get familiar with. Um, but yeah, man, I, I feel like everybody should uh, be able to do it. I think that's what we're trying to go for. I know um, Charles Hoskinson, he um, he showed the community, he's trying to get this thing running on a little Raspberry Pi, you know, one of those single board computers.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And
2: that's what we first started with. So yeah, it's just a really cool thing to do. Cool. That's
0: awesome. And for the... The individuals who are interested in staking their Cardano, how do they, first, how do they do it? But then second, how do they choose a stake pool? Because there's a lot of options out there and they might not know which is which or what does what. Sure. So
2: staking with Cardano, I love the process. It's a very straightforward process. What you would do first is just download uh, one of the supportive wallets. Uh, So Daedalus is that full node. It's that main client that you see for desktop. And then also your Roy is just a light client wallet. Uh, Either one of those two, definitely what I would recommend. Of course, you can definitely check out some of the tutorials on our channel. Uh, We've got a lot of content for that. Um, And then being able to stake and delegate to a pool and how do you choose a stake pool? You know, it's it's a question I'm getting quite frequently. And I would say the biggest thing to look for is, you know, have somebody that you feel like provides value to the community. Somebody you feel like provides an open line of communication because really like for me personally i think of running a stake pool as a relationship business like i want to provide value and in turn if we can reciprocate that if you choose to delegate to my stake pool i think it's a win win mm-hmm. so that's that's really what i like to look for is you know trying to find people who are doing it who are who are doing it well who are able to provide value and reciprocate and communicate and all that kind of stuff um, cause there are a lot of options. I think we see now with stake pools, it's over like 1500 active stake pools. So pretty amazing to see the growth just since we started. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I would look for. Definitely somebody who you feel like is going to provide value. Somebody you can trust and, uh, you know, who's able to communicate with you if you did need any help. Cool. What about staking on Cardano?
1: versus again we're just going to use this most popular ethereum what's the difference um in in staking on one versus the other because i know there are a few key differences
2: yeah and with ethereum it's the barrier to entry i think for staking we'll see is probably the biggest obstacle for it because with staking on ethereum you have to have a minimum of 32 ethereum and with today's prices, I think with fifteen hundred dollar Ethereum, it was something close to like sixty thousand dollars or wow. something like that. You know, something pretty pretty far up there. Yeah. Um, and as opposed to Cardano, the minimum is like ten ADA. You have to have something in your wallet to pay the transaction fee when you delegate to the pool. So a really, really low barrier to entry there for staking Cardano. Um, another thing also is with Ethereum, I believe that there's a locking period where your funds are actually locked within that smart contract or uh, the validator. You, know, you have to have your funds pretty much tucked away to be able to stake and get that consensus when they do transition to proof of stake. With Cardano, you're able to send and receive your ADA anytime, even if you delegate to a stake pool. Let's say, if I wanted to send um, my friend some money because he bought me a drink one night, you know, something like that. You know, I can always just send my friend that ADA, even if it's being delegated to my stake pool. Um, So, those are just some of the big things that I really like. There's no locking period, there's no minimum. I'm able to send and receive ADA at will whenever I choose. Uh so the the user experience for staking with Cardano I think they've nailed it. It's it's really awesome experience.
0: I saw you do a video recently about and I think this is a a recent function that was added uh the ability to buy ADA directly on Yoroi. Do you mind talking about like how somebody can do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really exciting development. Um so they came out so Yoroi
2: is the light client and what they did was they integrated an API from Changely. Uh, so, Changely is kind of like this really easy platform where you're able to swap your fiat for crypto um, and you're able to use that almost as like an on-ramp to get people into ADA. So I made a video about it. I was super excited. First day it dropped, I was like, oh man, I got to share this. So I made a video about the process of being able to you know, just load up your credit card and buy ADA and it's sent directly to your wallet. So I think it's really cool because it's just going to decrease the barrier to entry that much more. For a lot of people, it's like you got to register with an exchange. You got to go through the whole KYC uh, and people, they really want the most simple process possible. I think that's what we'll see as more people are trying to get into cryptocurrency, um, just trying to minimize the barriers to entry. So I think that what they did with Yeroy is super cool. Um, you know, one thing that I will say is that a lot of people did have a concern about the fees. Um, so that's one thing you just have to keep in mind. Of course, you guys know that as far as purchasing ADA, we don't do financial advice, but just make sure that you're aware that you might pay a bit of a premium if you're going to get that convenience. Mm. Uh, but I think as far as overall minimizing the barrier to entry, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And
1: in that same regard, you know, touching on wallets and and where you hold your ADA and staking, I know that a lot of our listeners probably use hardware wallets. Um, Can you stake while you hold your Cardano
2: on a hardware wallet? You can. You can. You can have your ADA on a ledger device or a Trezor device. You can delegate it to a stake pool. You can set it and forget it. You can tuck that ledger wallet away. You know, you can keep it there for the next 10 years and you'll still be earning those passive
0: rewards for that stake pool. That's awesome. um, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. They've come a long way. What roughly is that in terms of the passive rewards percentage? Um, I know it varies by pool, but like just for somebody who has no idea uh, what that percentage would be around. So right now it's, Fluctuating about five
2: to six percent, um, and I think over time we'll see that kind of level out, and we'll see it gradually decline because the the way that rewards are paid from it's going to be from the uh, total supply. So you have the total supply and you have the circulating supply, and as far as how rewards are paid, it's dependent on the performance of that stake pool and the amount of stake you have delegated to that pool. Uh, so about five to six percent is what we're seeing right now, based on the amount of ADA that you've delegated. And I think over time we'll start to see that kind of slowly kind of go down over time, just because the amount of ADA coming from the total supply is gradually being reduced as more and more ADA is circulating. So about five, six percent for right now, which isn't bad. I mean, considering mm-hmm. what you would earn in a savings account, right? You know, even even checking accounts today or like money market accounts, it's like if you can get 1%, you're doing pretty good. Exactly. So, you know, 5% I'm, I'm... for staking ADA, not too bad. I'm curious, is that? Five percent after
1: because it, it it's uh released in is it every epic it's released? So mm-hmm. is it is it five percent with the compounding or is or is it actually potentially more if you consider the compounding?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. It it could potentially be more when you consider compounding, because when you get paid your rewards, it's automatically applied to your balance and you don't have to redelegate that yeah, new stake. Right. It's automatically delegated back to the pool. So yeah, you know, it's compounding rewards. Cool.
0: Awesome. Well, Pratesh, this has been awesome. I mean, we have learned a lot in this conversation and you're just such, a, such an expert, all things Cardano, and we really appreciate your knowledge. But we like to end every episode of Show Me the Crypto with the same three questions for every guest. It's a little segment we called You Had Me at Crypto.
1: All right, you ready? Nice. Let's do it. Who is your favorite person to follow in the crypto space?
2: Oh, I love it. Well, um, I'm a a bit biased. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling I know know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would have to say Charles Hoskinson, no
1: doubt. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Honestly... For those listening, if you're not already um, someone familiar with Cardano and you're not uh, already a big believer in the project, uh, at the very least, go check out Charles Hoskinson. Listen to him speak a bit because I think he's the reason a lot of people uh, you know, fall in love with the project. He's, he's a great speaker and he delivers information in uh, a really easy to digest way, especially considering how some of the topics are so technical and complex yep all right question two what will the price of bitcoin be 10 years from now
2: ooh price of bitcoin 10 years from now i mean i would just say a million dollars i mean why not it's a popular answer
0: that's yeah. the popular yeah. answer yeah. on the show definitely yeah. that's awesome Go
1: ahead. well we got to follow that up yeah. with what Will the price of ADA be 10 years
2: from now? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The price of ADA in 10 years. Um, I would say 10 bucks.
1: All right. All right. Yeah. And question three, what is the most underrated coin or project in crypto?
2: The most underrated project... Well, I don't know um, if Cardano, other than Cardano, other other than yeah, Cardano. <laughs> is number three at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's underrated. Um, the most underrated project in crypto. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. You know, VChain. I think that VChain is doing some cool stuff. I like the whole supply chain idea. Um, and they've got a lot of partners, a lot of partners. And staking.
0: So I think that VeChain is pretty underrated. Awesome. Pratesh, this has been an awesome episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to Alf and I on this episode of Show Me The Crypto.
2: Thanks a ton. Thank you so much, guys. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you for listening to Show Me The Crypto. Please make sure to subscribe as well as rate and review this podcast.